and welcome to episode two of the Caffeinated Christian Podcast. What's good? What's up? What's up? Episode of our brand new series. (laughs) Our brand new series, I'm Saved, Now What? And we're crazy excited. This is kind of the intro of the series and we'll break, kind of like start breaking stuff down next week. But this week we want to kind of explain what our mindset is behind this series and kind of break down what it means to be a Christian what does that mean going forward in our lives and why that's important because <clears throat> there aren't a lot of churches or resources that break down how to, honestly how to be a Christian other than go out and make disciples. Um, so we want to be that next step uh, for really anyone, no matter where you are in your faith. If that means you are a brand new believer and you just came into the fam, welcome, welcome. Um, but if you are lost and need a place to, and need a place to go and, um, have no idea what this means um, according to your life. We want to be this resource for you. For those who um, never start off your faith super strong, maybe you were saved as a young child or um, whatever not too long ago and you really didn't have a good foundation and so you've been a believer but you just haven't really known where to start. Um, or to those getting back on track with your faith, maybe you walked away for a little bit. Um, we want to be a resource for you so you can really get on strong and have a good foundation. And even to those who have a really good foundation right now, um, we want to be able to encourage you and maybe you'll learn some new things that you haven't known before so that when you go to disciple and when you go to um, evangelize, you will have new information to speak to others and be able to guide those who are new believers who don't know where to start and where to go. Um, Holly, anything you want to add? <coughs> um. I have been in full-time ministry for a while and kind of bouncing back and forth through a lot of different things, but mainly um, in South Africa and through all of my experiences with uh, new believers and really already believers, but just not, they're just not like in a strong community. Um, We have discovered a couple like main things that we have to deal with and those being like the question of okay well now that I'm saved what do I do like what's the next step or um what church do I go to or what a lot of it also is like what friends do I need to have what are the people that I need um I need to surround myself with and so I think as Emma and I've been talking about this we have kind of like implemented those things into this podcast because I think it is a universal issue it's not just a cultural issue Mm -hmm. um and so I think that this will be really good a good starting point for some people because I think we've taken what I've experienced and put it into Mm -hmm. these episodes and so um yeah our biggest one is like kids will be like okay so I just accepted Jesus now like now what do I do and they're like super lost like a lot of new believers are just like okay do I read the whole bible do I not read the whole bible do I go to church every day like those type of things a lot of people just don't know so hopefully we will cover those topics Mm -hmm. and figure it out Mm -hmm. and help you figure it out 100 percent. and we we're just we're really looking forward to where this is gonna go we have honestly y'all I'm looking at our list of ideas right now we have so many ideas for just anything in the podcast and so especially in this series that I think we'll cover um I'm just looking forward to what will come out of it and so we kind of want to go into this first little section we kind of broke it down into three little parts 
Um, and so this first part is talking about being a new creation. And that's kind of a phrase that Paul uses a lot in the Bible and that pastors use a lot and people use a lot when they're trying to evangelize and, and, and talk about and describe somebody when they are saved, they're a new creation, the old is gone, the new has come. Um, and so what does that mean? Um, and so I want to read 2 Corinthians five seventeen through 21. And Holly, just jump in whenever you want to add something. Okay. Um, and so 2 Corinthians five seventeen through 21 says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. All this is from God, who through Christ reconciled us to himself and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That is, in Christ, God was reconciling the world to himself, not counting their trespasses against them, and entrusting to us the message of reconciliation. Therefore, we are ambassadors for Christ, God making his appeal through us. We implore you on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. For our sake he made him to be sin who knew no sin, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. That's a mouthful. But we'll break it down. We'll break it down for you guys. So... Webster's Dictionary, I thought, why not to start with the actual definition of new creation? And so I looked at Webster's Dictionary, and new creation is not a definition on there. So, <laughs> recreate was the closest thing I could find, and it says to give new life or freshness to, which I thought was nice. We were talking about candles earlier, and <gasps> freshness. I love candles. Um, so... Basically, what Paul is saying, to paraphrase that verse, is that when we are saved, our old flesh has died. All of our previous sins are washed away by the blood of Christ. Levitical law, basically, um, if you sinned or you made a mistake or you did something against God, you would have to make a sacrifice according to the Levitical law in order to be forgiven for your sins. Um, and majority of the time, the sacrifices the people made weren't even considered worth forgiving because their sacrifice was puny or poor or whatever their hearts weren't actually there and so basically for thousands of years these people kept on sinning and um nothing they could do would be you know redeem like they would they would never be able to redeem themselves and so that is why god sent his son one of the highest forms of sacrifice was sacrificing a pure lamb um a small lamb that was not like didn't have any um spots on it was not blemished that was a really big thing that you can read about in leviticus um in order to purify the priest or purify the people um and so god sent his son jesus to be to represent the perfect spotless lamb he lived a perfect life he did not sin he did not make any mistakes um in order for us to be able to have a relationship with god jesus is the bridge between us and god and so because Jesus forgives us and forgives our sins. We were able to have a relationship with him. And so when we accept Jesus into our hearts and start living a life glorifying him and we say, yes, God, I receive your grace and I see that you've done this for me, we are able to have a relationship with God because God does not see our sin anymore. He sees Christ on us. Because of Christ living in us, when we accept Christ in us, we look different according to God and we live a different life according to God. And so we are a new creation. And so that is basically what that means. Holly, do you want to add in that Ezekiel verse yeah, that you really, a, really like? There's a verse in Ezekiel that I love. Um, it's in chapter 36, verse 26. And it says, I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit within you. And I will remove the heart of stone from your flesh and give you a heart of flesh. And I think that that goes, it's like, it really, really goes along with what we're saying because... 
when God does make you a new creation, like he does take your heart of stone and like replaces it with something that can be molded and, and transformed into something that he, that is more like God. And, um, if your heart, obviously we all know what a rock is. So if your heart is a stone, it's just hard. You can't do anything with it. Like you can't, you can't fix it. But if it's, but if it's a heart of flesh, then it's, it's able to be molded. And I think that that is, um, really essential to our walk with the Lord and because you you also always need to be asking him to um which we'll get into later but you always need to be asking him to like help I always say this like Lord I help mold me to who you want me to be and um I get that from this verse in Ezekiel Mm, 100% that's really good I because I love that Ezekiel verse it's it's so good it's it's so good and what you'll kind of hear us talk about a lot of the time is when we kind of get into those topics that are tricky and that we just definitely do not talk about, um, talking about sin in the world and things like that, we'll kind of use the phrase, they won't listen because their hearts are hard. That is kind of in reference to that verse, and anyone who has a hardened heart is not a heart of Christ. Um, and so we'll kind of get more into that, but yeah. Um, and uh, also another scripture I want to add um, talks about is in Hebrews 10. Um, and it says, then he adds, their sins and lawless acts I will remember no more. And where these have been forgiven, sacrifice for sin is no longer necessary. Um, and so something that I struggle with personally um, is having grace for myself. It's like, you know, and maybe you're there with me. It's like, I know God has his grace. I read about it all the time in the Bible. I've learned it since I was young. Like, God has his grace. Jesus died for his sin, blah, blah, blah. And I have such a hard time believing that. I'm super hard on myself. I'm a major perfectionist. Uh, I'm a two in the Enneagram. And so even though my one is not my dominant wing, it's still in there. And so I'm constantly hard on myself. And I have a hard time being understanding how God can look at me and not see any of my previous sins. Because y'all, we'll get into it later. But I've done a lot of crappy stuff. And so to those who maybe are a new believer and you're kind of like in a place where you can't fully understand how God can make you a new creation when you've done X, Y, and Z. Um, I'm with you. I don't understand either. And I don't really think it's something that we're supposed to fully understand. It's kind of one of those topics that our brains are so small to comprehend. I mean, Deuteronomy 29, 29 talks about the mysteries of God. Um, and so go read that verse. I don't have it written down right now. Um, but go read that verse. And it talks about how there are only certain things that humans are given to know. But there are lots of mysteries to God that only God knows. And so that's one of those things that God will only be able to understand. We probably won't be able to understand until we get to heaven. Well, it talks about in Revelation. We just read it the other day. Mm. He talks about, and I I wish I had it, but he says at the very end, it's one of the last chapters in Revelations, he he talks about um, the mystery of God will be revealed. And so, which it actually says that a lot through the New Testament mm-hmm. about the mystery of God being revealed. But Paul's talking about it like in stages where like you will slowly understand what's going on as, as your sanctification process continues. Um, but when God comes back and like you get to heaven and the new earth and all this stuff, like everything will make sense. Like mm-hmm. the mystery of God will be fully complete, complete yeah. and revealed and you will understand it. Yeah, that 100%. And so when you are hearing those lies that tell you that you are not worthy, that you are not, you don't deserve this grace, that you aren't actually saved, and uh, you, well, well, all this kind of stuff. I really just want to encourage you to my people who feel that, um, to just take every thought captive and to give it to God and to get on your knees and pray about it and to really ask the Lord to 
continue to um, just show himself to you and show his grace and show his mercy to you and so that you're able to understand it as much as you can. Um, and so I get the struggle. Um, I'm there with you. I just want to acknowledge that. I feel like it was on my heart. I feel like that we need to acknowledge that because it is hard to understand, especially when shame's a thing. And we'll talk about that definitely later in this podcast because I know we both dealt with shame to different degrees. Um, and so, yeah, I just wanted to talk about that. So, new creation. When you are saved, you become a new person. The old is gone. The new has come. All that good stuff. Anything else you want to add before we move on? No, we can move on. Beautiful. Okay. Second section in this little thing, in this little intro podcast of this series, is talking about sin. We kind of have regarding sin, dot, 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 <laughs> um, on our notes. Um, and so, although you have been forgiven from all of your sins, and you will continuously be forgiven for all your sins, there is a topic that we need to talk about regarding sin. We call it antinomianism. Or yeah. antinomnoms. Yeah, we call it antinomnoms. But Holly? it's antinomianism. This is like a theological term um, that is used. And it's like the belief that there are no moral laws God expects Christians to obey. And it takes biblical teaching to an unbiblical conclusion. Um, and so... Basically, what it is, if I had to, like, sum it all up, it's like you saying, okay, well, I know Jesus is going to forgive my sins, so I'm going to keep on sinning because I know he's just going to forgive me. That's, like, the short version of what it means. And um, in Romans 6, hold on, let me turn there. Um, it said, Paul's talking about this, basically. And he says, what shall we say then? Are we to continue in sin so that grace may increase? May it never be. How shall we who died to sin still live in it? And that's just perfectly sums this up. Mm-hmm. Like it is not, um, you are going to be a sinner always until you die and mm-hmm. are made perfect. Like you are never going to stop sinning. But there's a difference between being a, like still being a sinner and then actively practicing sin. Mm-hmm. And so what what he's saying is that you what let's see what are some sins that you can like practice like um homosexuality mm-hmm. is a sin that people practice so like basically if you are gay but you know that it's a sin but you keep on living that lifestyle fully aware that is against what the bible believes you're practicing that sin like you're actively in it um drug abusers alcohol pornography like all of these things is like practicing sin that you very well know is not biblical but yet you're still doing it um and so that's kind of what this concept is it's like you just think that the blood of jesus is going to save you from everything and then you just keep on doing it Mm -hmm. but that's not what we're called to do Mm -mm. the bible very explicitly says it everywhere that we are not i mean john 15 19 says, if you belong to the world, it would love you as, as its own. As it is, you do not belong to the world, but I have chosen you out of the world. And so we're called to be other than. I want to get into this um, little little thing, because this is, this is my word for the year. Um, the Lord spoke to me kind of November of last year, saying that my word for this year was going to be the word holy. Um, and I was like, bro, what you talking about? Um, you're holy. I know that. Like, why are you giving me this word? Like, blah, blah, blah. And so I did more research on it. I did, dug more in depth to it. And the Hebrew word for holy is kadosh. 
um, K, no, Q-A-D-O-S-H in Hebrew. And the English, I guess, definition of it is to be set apart or other than. And so we're called to be set apart from the world or other than the world. First Peter 1, 13-16 says, Therefore, with minds that are alert and fully sober, set your hope on the grace to be brought to you when Jesus Christ is revealed at his coming. As obedient children, do not conform to the evil desires you have when you lived in ignorance. But just as he who called you is holy, so be holy in all you do. For it is written, be holy because I am holy. That will be holy because I am holy is from Leviticus 19. And so, First Peter very explicitly says that we are not to conform to the evil desires of this world. And so, now that you are a believer, now that you are a new creation, and although Jesus will forgive all the sins that you will do because you will do, you will sin, because we will all sin, because we're all of us are imperfect, um, we are not to purposefully walk that sinful lifestyle anymore. Um, Matthew six twenty four. No one can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or he will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot just not serve God and money. Now, though that is an example just for God and money, that's also with anything else. You cannot serve God and the world. You cannot serve God and drugs. You cannot serve God and alcohol. You cannot serve God and lying. Like, you can't. You can't. It also talks about it. In James 3, talking about the tongue, it says, um, With the tongue we praise our God and Father, and with it we curse human beings who have been made in God's likeness. Out of the same mouth come praise and cursing. My brothers and sisters, this should this should not be. Can both fresh water and salt water flow from the same spring? My brothers and sisters, can a fig tree bear olives or a grapefruit bear figs? Neither can a salt spring produce fresh water. And so, if we live a life that's totally sinful and walking with the world and walking in the things that the world says are okay. The real question is, are you really saved in the first place? Is your heart really aligned with Christ? Because we're supposed to be other than the world. Jesus walked other than the world. The, the life Jesus lived was so radical and so against everything that the Pharisees stood for and everything that those um, Roman cities stood for. Um, another little like history thing um the way that the greeks and romans lived was a very greco-roman lifestyle um the way that i've heard it kind of like the terminology or like the way it's been described is um do it makes you feel good or love is love and things like that and that's very similar to how the u.s or wherever you are um is living a very greco-roman lifestyle do it makes you feel good and i'll be i'll be really all we're not called to do what makes us feel good we're called to glorify god with every single movement every single action and so sin is a very important topic when talking about being saved and we're gonna we again we have so many ideas talking about specific sins and so kind of some that holly named like talking about drugs alcohol um being gay struggling pornography lying cheating that kind of stuff we're gonna go in more depth on what the bible says about each sin because we feel like that not enough people do that um but you are unable to live a lifestyle of sin and walk in that and also be a believer with Christ because that's picking and choosing the Bible. And the other thing is also, um, as someone who has also struggled with sin, there's also a major difference between living a sinful lifestyle and trying to get out of it and trying to realign yourself with what the Bible says and also saying, screw it, I'm going to continue living this sin, I don't care. That's where the heart question kind of comes in of like, okay, if you can walk away from the faith so easily, were you ever saved in the first place? But if you're actively 
working and trying to get out of it and that's a struggle because you know that is um and trying to um fill yourself with scripture and begin walking the way Jesus did again that's more of just a I don't know that's more of how would you describe it like that's like a season like a seasonal thing I feel like we're we're always going to because we are we have a sinful nature as humans we were born that way um we're always going to struggle with sinning but it's always going to be an issue mm-hmm. so we can't sit here and say well if you struggle with sin you're not saved yeah. that's not what we're saying Mm-mm. what we are saying is that there is a large difference between actively trying to get away from sin and and then sitting in your sin and being like I'm just going to stay here because I don't I don't care. Mm-hmm. Like that's not that's not the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit's going to always lead you towards Jesus. He's always going to lead you away from your sin. Like you're going to be convicted. Like you're always going to feel mm-hmm. awful about it. And if you're not feeling awful about it, then I'm going to question whether the spirit is actually in you yeah. and working because if there's no conviction, then you're not going to get better because you don't feel bad about it. And so that just, I just, I know that from personal experience. Mm-hmm. And so I, I know that I personally like actively tried to get better, which makes looking back makes me feel better because I knew I was saved in that time of my life. But, um, I also know though that there were seasons of my life where I didn't want to get better. Mm-hmm. And so, but I did praise mm-hmm. the Lord for mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. But I just know that there is a big difference between the two. So, mm-hmm. so we also want to like reiterate that because, you know, again, like we're all going to struggle with sin. That's just the thing. There are temptations being thrown at us left and right in whatever area you struggle with. And so that's going to be hard to fight, but you can try not to succeed and we'll get into that later. But sin's a big deal. We're called to be set apart. We're called to walk the path of Christ rather than the path of sin. We're going to sin. We're going to make mistakes, but we shouldn't be purposefully doing that yep beautiful so the third and kind of final part we want to touch on that again this will kind of be a brief summary over future podcasts that we will do is talking about the lifestyle we need to live you know the words the logistical questions that people ask like what church do i go to or who do i hang out with what do i do like all this kind of stuff like what is next um and what kind of lifestyle do i need to live and so, the first kind of thing that we wrote um, is that we're ultimately saved by Christ, not by our works. And so, don't walk into this thinking that you will be able to save yourself. Or that because of the things you do, will get you, get you into heaven, because that's not it at all. Ephesians 2.8 says, For it is by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not from yourselves, it is the gift from God. And so, although we are called to live a certain way, we are called to um, use our spiritual gifts, which we'll also get into later, um, to glorify God. That is not what saves you. It is from the blood of Christ, the perfect lamb who died for you, which we talked about earlier. And so, um, Jesus doesn't call us to become complacent. Um, So, although Jesus is the one that saves us, Jesus doesn't say, okay, now don't do anything about it. Like, that is not what he calls us to do. And Jesus is the center of our lives we are going to desire to change our lifestyle and to produce good fruit. Um, so basically, if the Holy Spirit is within you, you will begin to kind of feel this process of 
changing your character and changing the things that you want to do. And um, you'll begin producing that good fruit, which is we'll get into later. Um, but I would love Holly to talk about changing character and what that looks like. And when you ask Jesus to come into, a, in, into your heart, what that does to how you want to live. Thank you. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I don't think that I was, I don't think that I was actually saved until I was a junior in high school. Um, I think I knew Jesus for a very long time. Like, I knew who he was, but I don't think I was actually, like, saved. And I don't think I got it until my junior year of high school. Um, and... Since then, a lot of things have happened in my life, including my family moving to Africa and a lot of other things. But then during uh, college, I kind of lost it and like decided, you know, this is a good time that I'm just not going to follow Jesus anymore. And um, so I did that and a lot of scary things started happening. And I remember... I went to a Christmas conference with crew, um, and I don't remember what we were talking about. It was, I had to do with, like, missions, and I finally was like, okay, I don't, I need to get out of this slump that I'm in, and I remember specifically sitting there during worship and praying, like, okay, God, I need you to change my character, because at the time, like, I was not a good human, like, I was not producing good fruits, I was not living by the fruit of the spirit I was not doing any like I was pretty much doing the opposite of every fruit so that was great (laughs) um and I remember praying every night God changed my character God changed my character and then it's funny because I thought before then that was like when my life was difficult but actually things got really really like way more harder after I started asking for that and recently um I was your mother that said this to me. And she said, well, God doesn't call us to do what's easy. And that has stuck with both of us Mm -hmm. for a while now. And I think in that moment back in college, um, I did what was hard. But I didn't realize it until now. Because ever since I started asking, like, the Lord to change my character, he's done it. But it hasn't been easy. Like, there was so many situations after I started praying for that that have been like extremely difficult and like people have been people walked out of my life and I lost friends and like all of these things just because of how I was acting but it was but now that I like can look back on it it was really just the Lord um like molding me like what we were talking about earlier and now like I'm a way better person than I ever have been and um and that was because I was actively asking the Lord to change who I am and become more like him and I think as Christians that's what we're called to do like we are not called to be complacent we're not called to sit and be the person that you are right now like you have to be better than you were yesterday and you have to be actively asking the Lord to change you because you're not going to be able to do it yourself you're not you're not going to be able to it's not possible and um so I think with all that to say it is from personal experience, I can tell you that asking the Lord to change your character is not going to be easy, but it's going to be worth it. And it's been, I don't know how many years now, but it's still a process and it's still going to be a process. And I'm still going through stuff right now as we speak of God changing who I am. And it's 
I get better every day and sometimes I take a couple steps back because some people just have you have a rough day but it's okay and um but it's also important to surround yourself with people that are going to push you and Mm -hmm. make you better and if you are surrounding yourself with people that are leading you towards sin or a lifestyle that you know that you shouldn't be in or um, not pushing you towards Christ then you need to find people that will Um, and Emma is that for me right now Um, and it's just important for you to find people like that to be in your life or else you're not you're you're just gonna stay where you are and that's that's what I have to say about that that was awesome Holly like one of those staple buttons that was easy that was easy (laughs) Um, and so that's a little bit about, like, the lifestyle and, like, the logistical things of, do you, where do I go to church? Um, what, what do I do? Like, do I go evangelize? Do I do all these things? We will cover it as we continue in this series. Um, but I want to read a few different verses before we kind of wrap things up. And Colossians 1.10, it says, Walk in the manner worthy of the Lord to please him in all respects bearing fruit in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God. And so bearing fruit, especially good fruit, is really important. And so um, allowing the Holy Spirit to completely change who you are, kind of like what Holly said, is really important. Um, and then Philippians one twenty seven, conduct yourselves in a manner worthy of the gospel of Christ. And so Holly and I were talking about this the other day when we were kind of writing notes and figuring out what we wanted to say for this podcast, um, that um, be careful what you pray for. Um, especially when it comes to changing your character, because, um, when you ask the Lord to do something and you desire something to happen in your life that matches up with the Bible, he's going to probably do it and it's not going to be easy. Um, especially when it comes to being a believer and especially when it comes to asking the Lord to strip away sin and strip away, um, the negative qualities about you, he's going to do it and it's going to be hard. And so... We are called to live a lifestyle, you know, worthy of the gospel of Christ. And one of my favorite things that I, I, I hear is a song kind of about, I forget what it's called, but it's kind of like if I died today and people never knew that I believed in Christ, would they, would they, would, would they be able to tell? If I walked into a room, people be able to know that I'm a believer of Christ. Like that's the kind of life that we should be able to live where even though it's not plastered on our faces at all times, they should know by the way we walk, by the way we carry ourselves, by what we say, that we love Christ. The way that we live is so important because it can also make or break who comes to Christ and who doesn't. And I'll be real, I don't want to be responsible for that. I don't want to be responsible for someone going I think, to hell. I used to think about that all the time, like when I'm minist- doing, like in Africa in ministry, like, Am I walking in a way that could, like, could I be the one that will not allow someone to come to know the Lord because of the way that I'm either responding to a situation or just even carrying myself? And, like, that's scary. Like, you don't want to be the reason someone doesn't come to know Jesus. Mm. So, it's it's incredibly important. Um, It's incredibly important. And producing good fruit is really important. Well... I think that's all that we have for this podcast. That's kind of a lot being thrown at you. This is like that unedited right now. This is 33 minutes and 46 seconds. So it's a lot of information and definitely process, definitely chill. But this is kind of what our podcasts are going to look like. So be prepared. Um, And so I think that's all we have. I'm really excited for next week and kind of figuring out what we're going to go into and how we'll break some more stuff down as we get kind of into smaller Smaller topics, but lots of more information. I'm really looking forward to it. 
So with all that being said, I'm Emma. I'm also Emma. Try that again. (laughs) Uh, With all that being said, I'm Emma. I'm Holly. And And we'll we'll catch catch you on the flippity flop. flop. (laughs) Gosh.